0: Hey, welcome to Stardust Records, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your co-host, Linz, and I'm joined by my other co-host, Savi. And this week we're gonna be discussing episode, is it eight? Is it nine? It's nine. It's nine. Wow, we're already at nine. I know. Nine out of twelve. <laughs> <laughs> we're almost done. Um, I know. Ugh, don't say it like that. We're <clears throat> almost done. Say but it sadly. That mean- <laughs> But that means we get season two. But That's I know we won't get that for quite some time, but... <sighs> Sadness. But, so, yes, episode nine this week, and it was... So I thought last week was heavy. This week was, in like, so insanely heavy. Uh, the first five minutes, it was more than five minutes, it feels like. I'm trying to but remember the
1: first five minutes.
0: The first five minutes were... It was Dedra in trying to interrogate Oh, Bix. Bix. Yeah. I just, they just drop you into that right off the bat. And I could not breathe for that <laughs> whole scene. I could not breathe. It was too much.
1: <laughs> what yeah. did you think? Um, well, first, did we want to talk about what happened this week? Or did we just want to immediately jump into oh, the episode? Oh, yeah, sorry. I just
0: <laughs> dove right in there. I, it was know, that good. Uh, it was. Um, I would say... We ju- we got um volume two of the Andor soundtrack last night. Um, and it's really good. You guys should all go listen. Other than that, I don't know that there's been anything really big to talk yeah. about.
1: Well, there's that there's that rumor. I just remembered this because I know we discussed what we were gonna mm. talk about, but I was looking at my phone earlier and we it's rumored that we're getting like a Grogu short film on November twelfth. Oh yeah. <laughs> the thing is is that Grogu it, and the Dust Bunnies. <laughs> it it was it was like it was the same thing that happened with the bad batch where it was like somebody like released a date and then immediately deleted it and then oh all of the like big reporting accounts are like november 12th like brogu and the dust bunnies on disney plus but there's no like official announcement so i am kind of hoping they're waiting for like a christmas like they're raising around christmas because we're like almost done with and or and i don't want to I don't want a Tales of the Jedi moment where we get it the same day.
0: Yeah, I would. I wonder how what a short is like. Is it just gonna be like ten minutes of Grogu messing around, playing with dust bunnies, or <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. know that it will. I I don't know. Maybe
1: it'll be big, but somebody uh, I'm not sure. somebody made a joke and they were like, uh, "Well, not really a joke, because I'd actually really enjoy this." But um, coming out as a Grogu enjoyer. I will say that. (laughs) But um, somebody said that imagine if it's, like, a Home Alone type thing, which is why I think it would be Uh cute if it was around, like, Christmas. Yeah. If it's, like, a Home Alone thing where, like, Din goes out on a, like, a bounty mission or something or, like, goes to, like, collect something like food or, you know, just run some errands. But, (laughs) and, like, Grogu's alone. (laughs) I'm giggling because I'm imagining... (laughs) Just Grogu in Home Alone, and he something like that I think would be cute, but it'd be cuter closer to Christmas, not at the same time as Andor. Yeah, yeah, which we'll see, yeah, which reminds me of what people have been saying. Wow, we're just gonna immediately get into it, but (laughs) (laughs) reminds me of what people have been saying, like about Andor and Kenobi. I know that you've seen that cuz we talked about it. Yes. Where I will start off and just say that you can be sad about Kenobi or disappointed in Kenobi without comparing it to Andor. And I won't compare Andor to Kenobi because I don't want to do that. But I I will just come out with that. Like you can be disappointed and however your thoughts are different from what you expected Kenobi to be without comparing it to Andor and I've seen a lot of that
0: yeah I know I was tempted to comment on that situation on like the timeline but I I don't know I feel like everybody is just has said what needs to be said on that but like yeah I totally agree it's really interesting how well, I guess I guess the one reason, or one of the reasons why they're doing that, because the thing is, is before Andor came out, not very many people were saying, like, oh, Kenobi, you know, was, like, they weren't really expressing any, like, there yeah. wasn't widespread disappointment shown or anything like that. We didn't uh, really
1: have anything to, like, go off of. Like, Kenobi was, aside from the Mandalorian, like, but they both used the volume, and, and they both used similar filming, uh, techniques, yeah. but The Mandalorian I feel like is kind of like a standalone. A lot of people don't compare it to much because I feel like it's so different. Mm-hmm. Because we we've never seen Mando before. Yeah. Does that make produ- sense?
0: Yeah, but production, like, so the story wise, there was not much to compare it to.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and then production wise, it's pretty solid. Um, and then with Kenobi, it was like, you know, trying to pull the, pro- the like the production value of Mandalorian, like trying to to uh, tap into what people are starting to have been liking in the Disney live action, Star mm-hmm. Wars or whatever, and like translating that into a nostalgic yeah. character, characters coming back. Um, cause they were, they tried that out with Luke, you know, bring Luke back and, you know, and like they, that kind of thing. And so I feel like Kenobi was closer to, was, I don't want to say comparable, but it was closer to in the vein of Mandalorian in the terms of like, just like watching, but Andor is on a completely different level. And so I feel like now that we've got Andor, people are like, why wasn't Kenobi like this? And it's like, well, Mm.
1: I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) i i i think and we we always knew Andor would be different because it was bringing people outside of the star wars realm into it mm-hmm. so we had like deborah chow coming in coming back into um star wars because she was with mando and she's an excellent director in my opinion and i i love what she did with the episodes that she worked on with mando i think that she gave us some of the best mandalorian episodes up there with bryce dallas and i i think that she 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 knows star wars Mm -hmm. so i think that she was a good choice for kenobi but the thing is is that we knew from when they announced andor we had tony gilroy who worked on the reshoots and rewrites of rogue one and then we had you know people coming from the crown from Black Mirror. These were all people who have never been in the Star Wars universe before. So we we had, a po- not opposing, I don't want to say opposing because it's not a competition, but we had uh, people who really didn't know the universe coming in and giving like a perspective of what they know and don't know. And like Rogue One, Andor is like a big homage to the original Star Wars trilogy. So I'm talking about like the original trilogy. And I read this article yesterday that I posted on Andor News where like a lot of the props that they used were similar to how the old Star Wars used to make props. So like Nemec's navigational device was used with an old smartphone and then a Polaroid camera, which I know that people noticed, but, and then uh, Dedra's data pad, uh, an iPad, and, or like a Samsung tablet. And it, it, the computers, this was cool, but the the like quote unquote computers, they were used, they're they're not touchscreen, so they, they use a dial. So kind of like old technology. So, and then we, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, but I think I have a, huh. a plan. In my head but um with Kenobi and the reason why I say it's not comparable is because it's two completely different times in the in the Star Wars franchise with like we have the prequels and then we have the originals which I personally think are completely different um which is what makes them incomparable because the prequels came out a lot later than the original trilogy, and I'd never heard this term before. But Kenobi and Anakin and slash Darth Vader are considered legacy characters. I they they somebody said this. They said that bringing Ewan Ewan. I'm really sorry. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh, bringing him back and bringing Hayden back, and then putting them in Kenobi was this is someone somebody else said this mommy it was disrespectful to them because Kenobi was quote-unquote mediocre <laughs> wow I,
0: I know and well, I the, No, I agree mm-hmm. or, I mean I like I, I hear what you're saying and I think it's it's so interesting that they say that now that we have Andor, and again I'm not trying to say I'm comparing them but it seems like people are comparing them yeah. They're like, it's mediocre now that they've seen Andor, which I'm like, Why are you now so dissatisfied?
1: Yeah, like first off, you don't have to compare. Um which I said like it's not comparable, but to some people it is. And I get it to an extent. Um Kenobi uh if you are a fan of obi-wan and anakin slash darth vader and like the prequel trilogy and if you liked kenobi that makes sense like these characters are your favorite and you know and the thing is is that i almost feel badly for these people who are fans of those characters because i just feel like i feel like there's no more story to tell that's the that's what I felt during Kenobi like I we knew where Obi-Wan was I can't believe we're talking about Kenobi (laughs) no but it's good like
0: like, this is a good discussion
1: yeah I I knew you know we knew what happened what happens to Obi-Wan and we knew where he was I do thing I do love about Kenobi is that it was mainly focused on Leia like they they did catch us with that I remember being at the premiere in Anaheim and thinking that it was mostly going to be about Luke and they like really turned it around and it was about Leia and you know Bale gave us one of I think one of the greatest lines was about Leia where he was like um he's she's just as important as Luke or is she not things like that so yeah that also kind of makes me want to talk about this other comment that I read and I love discussing things like this after they've happened because sometimes like during it's difficult to have like complex conversations like this but I posted this thing and it kind of blew up which I was surprised but I was it was like it was like somebody had tweeted this and I had responded to it but on my own post where it was like why quote unquote the question asked was why do we need a story about Cassian Andor if he's just some guy and I was like well that's what makes his story great is that he is just some guy and then a lot of people were commenting saying that Luke is just some guy and I have to disagree and it's okay if you disagree with me and I'm saying this to the listeners because this is just my personal opinion and I don't know if Lindsay you feel the same but go on I want to hear I don't think Luke is just some guy he you know he's Padme's son and Anakin's and you know Darth Vader's and he yes he may be growing up on like this farm in the middle of nowhere in Tatooine but he had like a, a legacy like he he was supposed to become a Jedi and like he meets Ben and like he gets his he gets his father's saber and go like goes to rescue Leia and I, I don't I think that that was always his plan not his personal plan but like the force's plan for him and Cassian is just some guy like he he was maybe think people will say the same thing about the force with Cassian is that it was uh, this was his legacy it was but people call him like boring and and mediocre some people even go as far to call Cassian an asshole which i think is so shocking because in this past episode i have the kindness that came from Cassian like purely out of the good of his heart was so noticeable and i'm shocked if people didn't notice that because the way yeah. he, the way he helped Olaf, was so we say this word a lot poignant (laughs) and the way he like cares for his mother and we can talk more about that because my opinion has kind of changed about marva but um i'm sorry i'm talking a lot because i want to hear. No, you're fine (laughs) no no i love i
0: love hearing what you have to say and it's cool to talk about um kenobi and then you know uh people's conversation around that and then like I just I totally agree with you on that like I don't think that Luke is just some guy I I think he definitely I think that you're supposed to like relate to him mm-hmm. like i spoke I feel like you're supposed to relate to him he's just he's like this teenage boy yeah. especially when you're watching A New Hope for the first time especially to people who didn't have any other Star Wars at the time when A New Hope came yeah. out and they saw it like I understand the point of his character and his journey. But at this point, he's like he is legendary, and so um to uh, so like to compare him to Cassian's kind of not fair. Yeah, Um,
1: especially so. Yeah, sorry, and I'm I want to bring in like an audience's perspective for this as well, but like Luke is an amazing character he's extremely complex and like I know a lot of people have a lot to say about Luke and rightfully so he's so deep and like his character is so interesting and I I love Luke and I feel like saying Luke is just some guy is like saying Leia is just some girl yeah and that's not true and I I moving back to Cassian from you know who's who is who plays Cassian versus who plays Luke? But we've never really seen like a Mexican actor lead a Star Wars story. And Luke, you know, is the typical blonde haired blue eyed. More people relate to Luke than people relate to Cassian. And Cassian is a really important story that needs to be told because it's so real. He, the more I watch Andor, the more I find fingerprints and like I guess like prints of like my family like I'm you know I come from like a Latin American family and the amount of and I know that more Latin American fans can relate to Cassian and we've never really had like a way for our story to be told (laughs) and it's really really important to to hear that like I, I know that a lot of Latin American fans and like children of immigrants and immigrant children are looking at the story and we're kind of like finally because we have a microphone to our mouths and Diego kind of like did that for us yeah but I don't want to I guess I don't want to get too much into that because I could go on for hours but it, it's it's very important that we have this story and same with Bix I, I think that she also is a, super, a an an essential part to this story as well, and and just like how women probably felt back then when A New Hope first came out, like Leia was their microphone to their mouths, was holding yeah. it for them. So I think that I always strayed so far from Kenobi, but <laughs> I won't get too much into it. But I do want to hear what you have to say about all of this because I feel like I've talked so much already. No,
0: you're fine. I love it. I love it. Um. No, I, I don't really know how much more I have to say on that other than, um, to have this representation on screen and not just like, not, not just the visual representation of like the actors themselves, but the stories like that go with it. Because, um, we've had Pedro, we've had, um, uh, Oscar, you know, um, And that is wonderful. And, and I love them. And, um, but also to have Diego leading um, in a story that really resonates, you know what I'm saying? Like to go along with that representation, it's not just the person representing, it's the story representing. So that hand in hand is amazing. And, um, you know, the story of, of, someone displaced or their you know, their home colonized, they're dis- displaced, displaced, or take or you know, almost basically taken um, and uh, ostracized and um, profiled. and uh, you know, like the stuff like that. like to see that, and the thing is is it fits so perfectly in the Star Wars universe because all of that stuff happened under the Empire. Like we saw it, um we hadn't really seen, I mean, we saw it in rebels in a way, in the animated series. Um, we saw the way the empire worked. Um, we saw a little bit of it in the Bad Batch when the empire uh, basically was like, "You guys all need to be registered." Um, and so, it, it, it we got those in other media. Uh, we got we got the empires' um, discrimination and controlling um, nature in other forms of, of Star Wars. But, and we always knew that it was as bad as it was that we see in Andor, um, especially like the comics has, have hinted at it. Um, other novels have hint, hint, hinted at it. A uh, Lost Stars um, just comes to mind immediately. Um, and and so, but to see it laid so bare and so raw and so in your face um, in Andor is is, and the way that it relates to so many people's lives in real life just different aspects of it different ways that people are oppressed and discriminated against um i just i'm it's so timely this show i feel like people need to see it and i love how it shows not just things from like the rebels perspective or cassian's perspective um i i like how it shows the imperial's perspective but um it, I, because a lot of times people get kind of hung up on like, we shouldn't give them much. uh, We shouldn't give people the opportunity to be sympathetic towards them by showing the complexity of uh, so like Dedra's journey or uh, Cyril's journey. Um, But I think it's important that we do because obviously in the end, we're going to see, I mean, already we, you know, from the start, everyone should have known you shouldn't be reading for these people at all. But I think it's, it's, important also to see what makes these people the way they are um not as a excuse but to show how how people can become that way um so yeah i i'm really impressed with the um real life implications or uh, parallels shown through it and i think that's also why we've talked about it's it's a show that people who've never seen stars before can jump into and appreciate um because of that. So I I'm really impressed and excited by it and I am like super super stoked to see how it all ends for this season. Um yeah.
1: And you you mentioned Dedra and it reminds me of that interview from from Oh, I'm forgetting her name, Denise, um, where she said, you know, in the beginning, we were rooting for Dedra, which in a way, yeah, kind of. I mean, everyone, not everyone, I won't speak for everyone. You could be tempted to root for her. Yeah, exactly. And then now we're realizing, or I'm just speaking the wit and what she said, that, like, she is, she is still a fascist in a fascist environment, which makes me want to jump into the episode which is what this this episode is about <laughs> um, but the beginning starts with Bix and Dedra and this was I think the most bone chilling scenes in Star Wars um, yeah and I know that a lot of people agree but I there's a lot of reasons why I I think that the We've seen, like, interrogation in the Empire. Like, we saw Hera be interrogated by Governor Price. And she was given that drug. But that drug wears off. And Bix was tortured in a very... And I'm going to say tortured. That that was the torture oh, yeah. method. Um. Emotionally and mentally. She was forced to listen to a genocide. And not only a genocide, but a genocide that was kid that was mostly of children like an entire race and at least that's what I remember the doctor. yeah and I the acting in that scene from everyone actually from Dr. Gorst Bix the acting in that scene from everyone from Dr. Gorst Bix and Dedra was insane like I have never seen better acting in Star Wars I'm getting chills just remembering this scene like it had me like
0: I said at the top of this episode I it had I I was holding my breath the entire time uh I don't you guys um usually Savi and I like sort of message each other intermittently through the episode we literally didn't speak to each other I think the whole entire time because we were so Enraptured. Uh, yeah, and like affected by this because usually we'll just jump and be like oh like keyboard snatch the scene or whatever but mm-hmm. yeah the whole time we were just like
1: yeah chills, chills. i like last episode episode eight when we got back was one of the episodes where we were kind of going back and forth yeah, and there wasn't really this anything one, like like we we're like yeah. oh it's
0: starting and then silence until the end we we're like I know. I'm coming up for air um yeah the scene was um yeah chilling and the way that oh my gosh they're acting Bix was just amazing um the way that she just the smallest facial expressions to show like she was defiant to Dedra, mm-hmm. and then you could just see the little like pinpricks of of the way that Dedra was getting through to her with different things and then just the way I, I someone brought this up the fact that they didn't even have to sh- like that we show didn't even us here yeah the we screaming. didn't even hear what yeah we didn't even hear what the torture was all we had to hear and see was Bix's reaction, and it was to- just her um, eyes,
1: which yeah. I thought was
0: fucking insane. Oh, and <laughs> and every a lot of people are bringing this up, but the transition,
1: from yes. her screaming to, to the drill, drill oh, at, this, the, at the at this prison, the sound oh. engineers and like the sound mixers on this show deserve all the awards. Like I genuinely hope that Star Wars goes up. Or oh author.
0: for sure they they need to win every single word because every <laughs> single episode is is cinema um but before before we jump to move on from this scene i did want to bring up the fact that dedra mentions to because so she's basically she's like i'm gonna tell you everything i know to bix and about what's been going on what you've been involved in um, about the different people that you're involved with, um, how it all came about. And so she was telling Bix what she knew and trying to see what kind of sort of reaction would come out of Bix for that. And one thing she mentioned was that Salmon Pack, who owns the um, shop, yard, or whatever that Bix goes to to use the comm unit to call out to Luthen, she mentions that Salmon Pack was at a I guess, I think she mentioned like a separatist rally sort of thing and a couple years back and a woman there was like, do you want to do something about the empire? Do you want to do, like make a real impact? And he agreed and they gave him the comm unit and I think he didn't even use it. It was only Bix that used it. And so um, I had a thought that it's Clea the woman was Clea, um, because we know Clea monitored, obviously Luthen did too, but we know that Clea personally monitored the transmissions coming out of Ferrix. And we also know that she worked in recruitment because she recruited a couple of the Yaldani crew. So we know that she has recruited and she has, um, connect, like she can, uh, monitor the communications. And so I, I feel like maybe she's the one that recruited Salman Pack, um, so I just want to mention that.
1: <laughs> I I could definitely see that, especially because we see Clea like monitoring the uh, monitoring the comm unit from Coruscant. Which, if she's okay, if she's really Cassian's uh sister, and um, if she's if she's really Cassian's sister, and like that theory is correct, I think that that would be so awesome if Cassian later works in recruitment for the rebellion, just like. His sister yeah did at the beginning but I, I don't know it, it would be interesting to see if there's like a mirror for that I, I my my rebel rising brain was like Idrissa
0: from oh yeah rebel rising.
1: but you said Clea and the moment I read it when you posted it I was like she's probably right it would make a lot of sense to me and I feel like to a lot of people but you know, especially because Clea was monitoring the Ferrix, um, com unit that Bix was using, and, and we know that,
0: one. yeah, and we know that, um, and we know that she recruits, so it would make sense that she was yeah. at some sort of place to recruit people. So, yeah, I, I, I wonder, I wonder, um, yeah, because she's the only woman that we like
1: know in Andor that has done that. So I just assumed, but you never know yeah I think that that's what's really great about this show is that it's so fun to theorize, but even if you're wrong with your theory, it still is like like Tony did an amazing job um i I have not been disappointed once yet um i I think that that was my fear. I knew I wouldn't be, but there was like an underlying fear where I was like like, oh, I'm not sh- sure where they're going like i I want to see more of this character, blah blah blah. But then he's he's delivered every time. Oh yeah, and he's delivered a lot. Like he delivered more Bix. We all thought Bix would die in the first three episodes. I didn't. I had faith though. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's okay. I was still fearful. But um, and we got like a character from Rogue One. We got like, complex relationships with Cassian that we have never seen before that's, like, building him into this person that he is in Rogue One. And I have this thread on my Twitter where it was way before Andor where I had made, like, a predictions thread. And all of it is wrong. (laughs) And I'm so happy that it is because I was looking back and I was like, oh, man, I actually, like, would have hated that. Yeah. More discussions are coming up the farther we get into the season, and one of them came up yesterday where I made this thread about the different forms of love that we see in Andor. And I was using love more as like an umbrella term rather than like a you know, a term that we normally put in a box. Like love is seen very differently with all of us. And one of the pictures I posted in the main post, like the beginning of the thread was skeen and Nemic. And a lot of people were like, um, not a lot of people, but people were commenting, like, take Skeen out. Like, he was yeah. totally fake, blah, blah, blah. But I, I, and a lot of people, I keep saying a lot of people, but I don't want to do that. But people were like, I fully believe that that, Nem- that Nemec and Skeen's relationship was real and, and blah, blah, blah. But it's just so interesting. The farther we get into the season, the more we go back yeah to compare and 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 another thing that I was thinking about with episode eight was like when we see Bix and Brazo with Marva and how they're both like she's not your mother she's not yours either it reminds me so much of like a personal experience and I won't get too personal but like I I won't get too personal actually but (laughs) it's like Cassian Feels like he, I'm glad that Cassian's not there taking care of Marva. Am I glad that he's in prison? No, not at all. But I'm glad that he is not there doing that for her because he doesn't owe her anything. Neither does Bix and Brazo. but I think that they're both thankful that he's not there. Yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I mean, considering- no, no, I, I, I see what you're saying, because, um, I mean, she basically told him to go, like, you know, you need to follow your own path, don't worry about me, and as her health declines more and more, um, I feel like, I feel like in the episode where, I think it was episode seven, where she tells him to go, you know, that he should find his own way and not worry about her and let her, this is where, like, they part ways, I feel like, and i I'm realizing this as I'm speaking right now I almost wonder if Marva knew that that this was the right time to to let him go because of how she's declining in health
1: mm-hmm.
0: I almost wonder if she realizes this that like if she had a thought about that because um because yeah she was like you know you need to yeah. leave and that and makes- sorry go ahead no go ahead no you go ahead
1: okay no you (laughs) No, you. the politeness um I don't know if he's listening but ring of kafreen in between underscore underscore made this excellent post that like actually made me gasp because I hadn't realized it earlier but um I'll pull it up because I was like you hit the nail literally right on the head (laughs) I think I saw that one here he said what's so interesting about marva is the fact that both we as an audience and her character and her as a character know that she is going to die she knows that she's going to be one of the first to die once the fighting starts so once she's realized that she needs to so she's realized that she needs to strike the first blow. She knows she's old. She knows she won't live to see the end of the empire. So right now we're watching her probing and testing the waters to see how she can go out doing the most damage. So like she's, yeah. she tr- she tried to open the floodgates. um, And she doesn't want to be held with the daughters of Ferrex because that would give her less freedom uh, to do what she wants to do, which is essentially like help the rebellion. And we haven't seen these yet, but in the trailer, we see Dedra with two Death Troopers. Yeah, and I, it, I'm assuming they're gonna go into Marva's house because Dedra did say this episode that they were gonna use Marva as bait. Yeah, and what—that's what scares me—is that what about Bix? I know I'm so for my girl. um, I feel like it's going to
0: be a rescue situation in the end that they're going to rescue her out of there.
1: I hope it's Cinta and Brasso. Yeah. That would be a sick team up. (laughs) It would be. She was like, Seville. She was like, who's the big one? And then I was like, this is foreshadowing. I don't know for what. I mean, I can just picture like Cinta snooping around
0: and Brasso being like, hey. And then Cinta's like, you're watching me. And he's like, well, you're watching. Marva, who are you? And <laughs> yeah. then I don't know. I feel like that could be something that happens. I would love to see them team up. Um That'd be wholesome. Ugh, and I'm like, so
1: scared. I know. I, I think that Bix is gonna beat the death allegations and I think she already is, but there was yeah. like this rumor that she is gonna get her own show and like come back to Star Wars and but and I hope that for her. I hope that she gets her Kira moment. But yeah. um, I don't think she deserves to die. No, I have a little I, bit more fear for Brasso though.
0: Yeah, I don't want like I know I that
1: from I, I, I know,
0: <laughs> I know. Tony was alluding, or he basically said was like, you know, any like there's gonna be death basically. Um, he did say
1: there was gonna be a high death count.
0: I, I feel like we're gonna see some of that next episode with the prison break, and I know that Solomon Pack might be dead right now. <laughs> So we yeah. might have already lost him. The um, para-
1: I was thinking about that this morning, but Salmon and Wilman having essentially the same story as Cassian and Clem.
0: That's so upsetting. I know. I, 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 oh man, I I had this thought just now, like Cassian coming back and seeing.
1: Uh,
0: no. Oh man. I cannot that would be so sad, but like, I feel like Cassian's gonna. I don't know. This could be completely wrong. I feel like Cassian's gonna come back and see how, how the empire has, is oppressing and like he's like hurting all the people he loves, or they're hurting all the people he loves. The town is in chaos. Nervous. Maybe, you know, like it. It's gonna put a fire under him even more probably. Um,
1: I was telling- yeah. I was telling Linz last night that I want Cassian to go apeshit, <laughs> and I hope that people agree. I think that that, I think that he deserves that. Yeah, I
0: think the whole entire—I mean, he definitely does. I think the whole entire town deserves, deserves their that. moment to to rebel. I I'm really scared of where where this is gonna leave Ferrex, like, because I mean, the rebellion hasn't even really got off the ground yet we're still deep in the years of the empire um and so i'm really wondering what kind of state phyrex is going to be left in by the end of the show um
1: but (laughs) i mean we know cassian gets out that's true at least we know (laughs) that malshi and cassian get out are safe we know that cyril gets out too because kyle posted that photo or that video of him shaving yeah yeah
0: (sighs) Uh but <laughs> I mean we've jumped all over the place so far. But what do That's you say okay. about talking about um the prison arc or the prison?
1: Yeah, okay. I, I think we can get into that. I while we're still kind of on the topic of Marva and Cassian, I want oh, okay. To, well, it, it has to do with the prison arc, but Cassian kind of took to taking care of Ulf, or I know that they were calling him like Uli. But I'll just say Olaf. Um, I noticed that so somebody also pointed this out, so I won't take credit for it, but uh Cassian is <laughs> And we were talking about this at the beginning of the episode, but like he took probably he okay, he took good care of Marva. And now he's taking good care of Olaf. And this is why I'm confused when people call Cassian an asshole. Because he was the one who, with no problem, switched spots with Taga so he could help Olaf. So he wouldn't, so nobody else would carry that burden. And I wouldn't call it a burden.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. And also, I don't know if this was, I don't really, I don't know why. I have a theory on why. Because, but he told Kino that Taga, it was Taga's idea.
1: Yeah. That they switched. Was fascinated. it because
0: he didn't want to? Was it because he wanted to get any sort of uh, fire off his back from Kino, or was it because he didn't want to get the credit? I almost mm. think that he was because he didn't want Kino to like get on him about it, but Kino immediately was like, "Good idea." So I almost don't. I don't know if did Cassie misread how Kino would react to it, or did he actually like want Taga he- to have the credit and not be his idea? Yeah, like, I don't. I don't know. I,
1: those. I was really intrigued by that moment there. Well, Taga was also like, are you serious? And I, I don't know. He still got the, the like pat on the back, but. Yeah. Which Ooh. I thought was interesting that
0: Cassian decided to do that instead of just being like, well, I thought so, or mm-hmm. it was me. He told them it was Taga. And immediately Kino was just like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. So
1: Or Kino was like, that's a Or great... sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And he's like, that's a great idea. And so yeah at the but yeah exactly like you're saying like he immediately was like let's switch I the cynical part of me because obviously we we see in the later part of the episode just how much I mean Cassian cares about Olaf like he definitely was concerned for him um the only reason why the cynical part of me is like perhaps it wasn't just about Olaf was because right before he switched Cassian was bringing up the fact that the other table was um was slower and so Mm -hmm they switching would make the, them faster because mm-hmm. olaf was slower um so the cynical part of me was like oh well it's that too but he also wanted they also want to eat like they want to eat well and so if they are faster and he does switch with Olaf, Olaf is going to get better food anyway too so like yeah it's to benefit all of them like cassie's thinking about all of them
1: yeah and i found it interesting that Uh, this was like a really small detail but it didn't go unnoticed but like we see we like we see moushi eating and i don't know if that was like a sign that they had won um yes it was
0: yeah because they're eating like actual food
1: oh
0: because it's it's like the slowest table gets zapped the table that does the best gets food with um, flavor. The food. The next table down gets, I guess, taste, but I don't know what that entails. And then the tables in between don't, they just eat from the tube. So I think if they're eating from plates, that means they've either gotten first or second place.
1: Ah, okay. In day. That's interesting. Because we
0: saw Cassian eating from a plate, Uh, I think yeah. it was the 30 shifts in. So mm-hmm. they had done well that day. Um, But yeah, they definitely had like won basically
1: Interesting. um that's why they were able to eat which i thought them winning isn't as isn't as so, it's not something to be proud of because then that means somebody else has to get fried and i was thinking about that when it showed all of their reactions to one of the tables getting fried and none of them not that they wanted to look but none of them wanted to look for lack of a better description. Yeah. They were all either looking down, Cassian was looking at Olaf. Um, and yeah, I, I they now have to carry the burden of being the winner and not the loser. Yeah. Which I it's it's how like it's exactly how I was kind of describing either on the pod or on Twitter, I can't remember, but like how how the Empire is trying to put them against each other. So it's like well that table now has they're now winning and I'm losing. So I I I dislike that table, but I thought that that would be the issue, but now that it it, it almost seems like there's some camaraderie in in the background. Like when Cassian yeah. when Cassian goes to the fresher, quote unquote, he's just there to cause problems. <laughs> um <laughs> he stops at that one table and he talks to that one guy about like an escape plan which makes me wonder how he how him and that guy came came to together to plan this yeah. or they don't seem to get a lot of time to talk to each other and... they get stopped in the hallway and then they can kind of talk before lights yeah. out but and it now we see that they mul- multiple people know how to speak sign to connect so I do wonder if it's been like it's been over 30 days now I don't think it's somebody been a-
0: was mentioning 70 days
1: at, well, at this episode but I don't know because they were calculating Kino's time I was just about to say that because he said 217 in this one but then I think in the previous one he said like 249 or something like that
0: yeah so I don't know it could still be ge- well no because yeah it the The Ferex arc seamlessly blended into, if this is all happening at the same time, it seems, so it must be just over 30 days, um, 30 shifts. Which makes me wonder how long Bix has been sitting there. I don't know. It could be a little bit off on the timeline, but
1: I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm confused. I, I think it, I think it was just two days because if it was 249 and then 217, that's 32 days okay yeah so that makes some sense yeah um but
0: the part I, I just also like alongside the fact that Cassian clearly cares or clearly cares about Olaf the whole table does it was yeah. really there was only like a 40 second clip or 30 second in that part where Cassian um is like let's switch I mean immediately before Cassian even says that Melshi is asking Olaf if he's okay yeah. um then and they're then all the... like, you, you know, you only have like 40 days left. Kino mm-hmm. is saying that he's like nice to him. Um, and then Jembok is like, hey, old timer. And then immediately Zal is like, short timer, like short timer, he's going to be out soon. Oh. Like they're trying to like build him up all in that like 30 seconds. And then Cassian's coming in to help him. Um, it you could tell the whole entire table cared about
1: yeah.
0: um, Olaf, and that's why I'm so like. I want to see their reaction. I'm sad. I don't want to see their reaction, but I also do want to see their reaction
1: I think to knowing that he's gone now. It, I think that Olaf's death would be the catalyst to what's going to cause this riot. So let's say Cassian and Kino go back to their, their little like sleeping quarters and they say that Olaf is dead and then they admit it, like what happened with two and uh, what's going on. I think that everybody is going to have a turning point. And it'll be really interesting to see. You said this, and then a couple other people have this theory where melshi is a recycled prisoner. So, yes. Yeah. Go, so, go ahead. The, so,
0: two, so the, I mean, everybody should have watched the episode by now, but basically. What happened on level two was that somebody on level four was supposed to be, they had served their time and they were supposed to be released. Their clock had run out. And the Empire took that person, instead of letting them go free, took them and put them in level two. And somehow the men on level two figured out that that is what had happened. I don't know, maybe the guy told them or something- tipped them off they found out that the empire was basically recycling prisoners and never letting them actually leave when their time ran out so it's heavily implied by several people not just the doctor but telling kino to keep his men in line but also the other room um uh manager prisoner like who kino is in a different room had heard what happened and he said you know the they lost control of their men or you know like you need to keep your guys in line so apparently there was a riot on level two because of it and the scene in episode eight where the power goes out no it was in this episode it, was a nine, uh, yeah. it wasn't in this sign uh when the power goes out that was when the the prison basically i guess overloaded the whole level two and did killed it, all the men there didn't the you thing predict was, that is-
1: sorry i think that you predicted that I I think that you predicted that like a whole floor was probably yes. electrocuted. Before yeah. we saw the episode, before we saw we the episode, the they released the clip. And in the clip,
0: yes, the power went out. And I was like, they probably electrocuted the whole entire level. But the thing is, is it, they said 100 men, but there's seven rooms on each floor and there's forty nine, fifty 50 men in each room. So was it only two rooms that rioted? Uh, was it more than 100 men and that's just what they heard? Like, I, that was the discrepancy that kind of just as I'm speaking now,
1: realizing, but well, regardless, many men died. So, remember what Aquino said, where like it takes a week for the information? Yes. So, I do wonder if like it got jarbled, mixed up, or
0: I don't know. I mean, maybe because it happened while they were there. Yeah. But, but still, but regardless, there, <laughs> there was a, terrible terrible thing that happened on level two a bunch of people died and um this is more reason than ever for them to need and want to escape um yeah which reminds me of the line that we saw in one of the tv spots or one of the other small trailers um where it shows cassian talking to kino and saying like right now they're afraid so i'm wondering if he's Trying to convince Kino that they need to act and need to to get out now because this is when they're they're at their most unstable, like the guards, the prison, um, with what has happened. And so,
1: yeah, I'm so excited to see it happen. I I just wonder, and I'm thinking about this now, is that like their plan essentially is to escape when like a man is brought in, and unfortunately, like Ulf coming in, or excuse me, Olaf passing away is invitation for another man to be brought in so I wonder if this next episode another man is going to be brought in and this is their chance to escape or they're gonna just go balls to the wall (laughs) well it's
0: interesting because uh in some of the other smaller very small brief second clips in trailers that we see we saw like over a month ago we've seen the prisoners running through the um hallways between you know like the quarters and the the rooms where they work um so we know like a huge amount of them maybe the whole room is gonna get out of their workstation um who knows if that's both shifts if that's the whole entire level like who who knows how widespread it's going to be if it's just their room um but we do know that they're going to be running away all of them out yeah. and um Cassian's going to be smacking some things <laughs> and it <laughs> looked punches. it looked sorry it looked like he no, was God. wet yeah like, like I don't know glass if he's, broken yeah glass broke or he's sweaty who knows <laughs> but uh so true yeah I'm excited to see it and it was cool to see that uh, because we know i mean i think we could kind of figure this out in the first the first prison episode but you know definitely he cares about the men he cares about getting out um or he did um and he cares about the men that are sir sort of serving or he's in charge of um He's harsh, but it's because he wants to keep them in line to get out. Like, he wants to see at them all get out. And so now <laughs> it's like, now he's like, the whole entire reason he was being a hard ass to all of them and trying to keep them in line is completely out the window. Yeah. And you can see that, ah, oh, just that they end uh, before line. they. I know, like, never more than 12. Uh, but like, when right after the doctor tells them about, basically says you're not getting out like the recycled prisoners. Like you see Keno kind of like look sort of over his shoulder a little bit. This is like brief shot of his eyes looking at Cassian. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And it's just like, <laughs> oh, everything's clicking for him. And he's going to be, but you could also tell he was so afraid, especially the spot or the part where, um, I think it was the scene when they had just spoken to the leader of the other room. Um, I forget his name. um, but he told them like basically what had team. happened on yeah, he had like implied what had happened on the other on level two, and Kino is like, like you can just see that he's afraid, like when he's talking to the men, he's like yelling at them, and then like his last line to them is like almost to himself, um like we just gotta see what happens, kind of thing, and he's like, you you' like afraid and the yeah. I think it's Cassian's gonna be the one that's like gotta like he's gonna push him, you know. You know what we have to do.
1: Well, there was that scene with with Melshi where Kino punches him and Melshi, and I had to watch it again to understand what he said because it was kind of fast, and I was taken aback by the punch. But <laughs> Mel, when he found when they all found out that Floor Two, I uh died. Melshi said that. They set them all free. Like yeah, and like like they they killed them all,
0: and, and that was their I, only
1: form of freedom.
0: Yeah, and that just makes me realize I totally like went off track of what you were asking me or what we were talking about a little bit earlier with Melshi. Um, so there's a theory that Melshi um might be a recycled prisoner because of all the different comments that he said that are um basically pretty uh dour <laughs> pretty you know he's like um Savi just said he basically was like oh they set them all free when there was the rumor that they'd all had like you know level two had been killed um he told he went right up to Cassian and that first day and was like you're not getting out like don't look at the clock it's just it's over like don't get in. there's no hope nobody's getting out they don't he said they don't want to, he he added on to that, and this is a part I didn't really pay attention to at the time, but Melshi said that they don't, they don't, basically they don't want to let, the empire doesn't want to let people go. Like yeah. he want, they want to use them still. So this is really, now that I'm thinking about that, this is really lending to the fact that Melshi either may be a recycled prisoner or he knows that they have done that. Um. yeah. Which it makes me think, why didn't I? Hasn't he said anything? Maybe he has been threatened not to say anything, or he knew it would happen if it got out. Um, He was just so demoralized, he didn't didn't say anything. If that's the case, Mm -hmm.
1: but and like uh, Kino doesn't, Kino kind of doesn't want to believe it. Like if Melshi is right, or maybe he's protecting Melshi. He thinks that people are listening, and he's just like, shut up, you dumb. Yeah. Not you dumb. Um,
0: he doesn't I, want the rest of the the group to to lose hope because he still had hope that they were gonna get out.
1: Yeah, maybe he didn't want to hear it, and that's why he reacted the way that he did. I don't know. I, I think we'll get that answer. Um, this next episode, which is the end of the arc, which is crazy to think, but what's really cool is that these arcs just feel like big like long movies because they're yeah. they're like 50 minutes 45 minutes and this next one probably might be close to an hour again but it's I can't wait to go back and to watch them as an arc and oh it'll be so it'll be so hard to watch the Ferrex arc because it's just two episodes and I hope that they're long like I hope that they're longer too. I, I hope that they're like an hour hour 15 but I doubt it but I would hope so yeah I want I want more of Farrick's I know that apparently they tore the Farrick's set down so I don't know if we'll get Farrick's in season two especially because Cassian will be like pretty established in the rebellion in season two yeah um but that's okay I hope we still get the characters but that's what makes me think that Brasso's not making it out of this I feel like they have to kill all of the Ferrex people. <laughs> I don't
0: want that to be true. He's such a sweet person. Please. He's got like such like warm like Big teddy bear vibe. A... Yeah, yeah, teddy bear.
1: He's a build-a-bear.
0: He is. He's <laughs> a sweet person. He when he was a... When he was rubbing Marva's shoulder. Ah! Uh, the fact that he's like goes right over and he's like, I heard they had to carry you home.
1: I Are know. you okay? I wonder I wonder who the boys were.
0: Also Are the... You... Go ahead. No, I, I was assuming it was like some of the other salvagers. Mm. It
1: also makes me remember how in the first three episodes, they were using the transport to get to the yard. And then we see Brasso like walking. So that makes me think that he like walked all the way. What a king! <laughs> so
0: I, I love him so much. He he deserves all the love. I I I swear, if they touch a hair on his head, I'll be crushed forever.
1: I especially because we need him and Melshi to meet. Yeah, that, that they, prob- they would be they'd be besties. They would. That's like that's like Melshi older. Yeah. He thinks. He <laughs> thinks. But I I, I had this like theory, and I think I'm totally wrong, but that's okay. I know that the beach scene is probably the end of this prison arc. When I refer to the beach scene, relapse, um, (laughs) I am referring to the leaked set footage of, and spoiler alert, if you don't like leaks, just skip ahead a couple seconds, um, of Duncan and Diego as Cassian and Melshi on Cleveland's beach, which is Niemos. I want to say it with a Spanish accent. <laughs> yeah, um But um, they hug. And part of me was like, that could totally be the end of this arc. And I believe it. Like, I I, I think that that's where they're going. But that could be the end of the Ferrex arc. Or oh. like, Melshi could oh. go with him to Ferrex, But I don't think so. I wish. I know. Melshi is I such need, a phy- like a Phyrexian at heart.
0: <laughs> I need all. I need Melshi in every second of the show. Um,
1: he, like, but belongs. it It
0: kind of. I feel like that could. It could happen because, like, I'm just feeding into our brain rot here. But we haven't <laughs> seen very met. We ha- We have not seen. There might be one, trailer scene, like a shot of Cassian that's in that's a supposedly going to be in the ferricks arc at the very end he's like casting that, on ferricks
1: he's running in that tunnel right yes
0: i believe that might be that's the one there's also one where he's like looking out and like the light flashes on his oh, face yes oh. that too so no, no, but mind. we don't <laughs> but, but we don't we haven't seen like really anything else besides you know parts of the riot um dedra coming in with, with the ship on at night and then her with the death troopers in the daytime yeah. um but beside that we don't really know anything about how the the last two episodes are gonna go, so it could be that perhaps Cassie goes like straight to Ferrex with Melshi, but it's probably more. It's probably gonna be that they go back to Nemo's. cassian gets the stuff. He yeah. drops Melshi off there. Melshi's just there. But who knows? Maybe at the very end, Cassie goes back and he's like picks him up and they <laughs> go into their belly hey, together. Like, hi
1: baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's, back it's just funny because it's a beach planet I actually I hope that we see Cassian and Melshi going to the apartment that Cassian was in with Wendy his girlfriend or whatever and she's like there <laughs> and Cassian brings this man home and Wendy is like where have you been <laughs> he's like you need to leave <laughs> and he's like you want to actually like leave and well we know that Dynamics manifesto is there. And Clem the blasters. Yeah, yeah, I doubt that Mr. The Cassian. The money? And- yes, the shmonies. Unless he spent <laughs> all of that on uh, pesos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> though I don't think he would spend that much money all on pesos. Um, which is the pill. I think so. I think it's like a hallucinogenic. I don't know. I think that's I what know. I don't think that Star Wars can fully outright say it's a drug, but I get those vibes yeah um but I'm wrong. um but he could he has to go back i hit it i'm giggly now but he has to go back for those three things like i i he's not a he's not a materialistic girly but i think that those are like he he needs the money for like clothes and shit and like to a wave get a against ride. the barracks, yeah. He yeah. The blaster, because that's the last thing he has of his dad. And then the third thing was Nemex Manifesto, which I doubt he has read yet. Yeah. Oh, uh, what if what if he asked Melshi to hold it on? Hold <laughs> on. It's like you keep this. <laughs> um well
0: I I I do wonder then if if the beach scene me potentially at the end of the next episode is them separating you know Cassian goes off to Ferrix. he leaves Melshi there if we will see him come back before the end of the arc or at like the end of the season in a way that like Cassian's like I you know going to meet up with him or pick him up or join the rebellion or if that's the end of Melshi for the season potentially next season we get Melshi coming into the rebellion they reunited or we just randomly jump into an arc and Melshi's there and he's like yeah i joined the rebellion or whatever <laughs> like who knows i i just really hope that we have him in season two because it would be a nice connecting between the plot line of an important plot line in season one and then yeah. having him again in Season 2 before we see him in Rogue One. So I, I feel like it would make all the sense in the world to bring Melshi back for Season 2. Yeah. I feel like it would be really upsetting if they did not. Because it just would make so much sense.
1: I think that they will. I, I think that they wouldn't just bring him back for this one and then be like, peace. Um, yeah. It would if he's just in like a couple of the later episodes. Though I think that they're implying that Melshi has like a pretty big impact on Cassian's life, and vice versa. Yeah. I think that if it weren't for Cassian, Malshie would be the same hopeless, for lack of a better word, bastard that he was in the prison for a long time. And yeah. we don't know how long Melshi has been in prison, and we don't know if he's a recycled prisoner and blah blah blah. I don't think that he'll go with him to Farrix. I think that's just having false hope. Yeah. But, I don't know. I, I think that he... They're alluding that he is a way more important character than we all think he is. Although the people who have like been, who have had Melshi as their glub shadow for a while know that he's been pretty important. Yeah. I don't know. Well, as yeah, sorry. I posted this and people were like, which books? I I said young adult books because they are young adult picture books. But Melshi was in a couple, like the Rogue One visual guide another and then the secret mission one where it was like Cassian or Cassian and Melshi know each other personally or like Cassian and Melshi are friends so that's what I was referring to and a lot of people were like where's that from there so yeah yeah
0: (laughs) no he's definitely uh multiple sources have called him Cassian's friend and so the fact that they've like picked that out not just from what was sort of seen in Rogue One, because obviously mm-hmm. it wasn't like, you're my best friend or, you know, like in the in the movie, but BFFs. they built on that to say like, hey, they were friends before this. And the fact that um, Tony Gilroy, the writers were like, this is somebody that we need to expand on
1: well, was really cool. I-, I love that interview with Duncan or the podcast that was done recently with Marcus for the Scots. The care Scott's care yeah nah, where, care. I, and i posted this on andor news as well well duncan was never supposed to be in andor he was just helping or duncan was never supposed to be in rogue one he was just helping out on set and then tony wrote him wrote his character in after the rewrites and the reshoots which tony bringing melshi back now that makes so much sense i i I honestly thought that Melchi was just brought back because Duncan lives close to where they were filming. <gasps> no. And I felt really badly for thinking that. But I was like, okay, maybe that that does make sense. And like Melchi had quite he had a short amount of time. And from what we know, Tonk, this was like what, his like first or second mission. So I was like, okay, it would make sense if they brought Tonk or Melchi back. But they brought Melshi back, and then now that Duncan kind of, like, cleared that up in that podcast, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And if you – saying this to the listeners, but you should totally listen to that interview, especially if you're a fan of Melshi. Duncan talks, like, a lot about his personal life in it. But the podcast is for a really good cause, and I got to talk to Marcus about it on news and or – and it was a really great conversation, so – Go ahead, listen.
0: Yeah, it was really good. I I listened to it and I felt I finished that podcast feeling very encouraged about my own life. Like I felt like I had like had somebody really speak some like knowledge into my life. Duncan is a very um
1: wise. He's a very
0: wise person. He's humble. He's very humble and he's very wise. And I I wish I would probably just re listen to it because yeah he has a lot of good things to say some good perspective on life and He's I just, would like, definitely yes I would <laughs> yeah I feel like yes he channels that but um yeah definitely check that out uh Scott's Care is is the name of the charity they help um I think it's basically it's Scott's
1: in London yeah I don't know enough about the topic but you can if you listen to the podcast yes yes <laughs> um, um well Oh, I want to say... I want to move on a little bit. Okay. Uh, okay. But this was so funny, but I read this article about this theory, and I can't remember the article or the person who wrote it. And I apologize, but I'm going to... I'm going to make fun of it a little bit. <laughs> um. But that's not to say that it's not a terrible theory. Everyone's theories are different, and that doesn't mean they deserve to be shit on. But... <laughs> People are saying that Edie, Cyril's mom, is not real. That she's just a figment of Cyril's imagination. What? Yeah? yeah. They're saying... says <laughs> a cookie in her mouth. <laughs> um, they're saying that Cyril killed Edie and that she is just a figment of his imagination and you know what surprise like people have shitty mothers sometimes so i think that Edie is real and that cyril didn't kill her and that she's just a bad mom
0: yeah i mean i can kind of see like some people trying to make that connection because like she's like i cook you two square meals a day but all the scenes we just see him, see eating, him eating cereal, cereal. <laughs> like I guess I can get, but I don't think the show would do that to us. Um, it's not
1: Star Wars, a ghost story. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's no, I, that is a really weird, I mean, that's a really interesting take. I guess I can like, I guess I could
1: see it, but. If this was like a ghost story, like a paranormal I, activity type. I really don't. Deal. I, really I don't know. know. I, I Oh, know. that's a, oh,
0: that almost like scares the crap out of me to think about. That's, he would like, kill like thinking mom. back no, like, thinking back on all the scenes with her. No, 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 no. And it,
1: I and- I thought it was so funny that this woman went through his, like, private box, and in his private box is a hollow of Cassie. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, somebody posted, they were like, Edie now thinks that her son is gay.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, it's in his private box. So I, I guess she could she could she could make the connect I mean, if it was a woman, she'd probably still make the same connection. um, yeah. she'd be like oh, he has he has somebody in his life. She definitely um,
1: would be that type of woman to be she's she's definitely giving homophobe vibes, yeah, yeah <laughs> i I think that she would be like <laughs> passive
0: aggressive like you do what you want for <laughs> you know,
1: like, <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't, don't want to call. You- I'm gonna love you no matter what.
0: <laughs> I don't want to say that is a homophobic person. We don't know that, but I do <laughs> I will say it. <laughs> All right, we're we're stretching it there, but I, I feel like she's in the vein of the per- a person that would be that way. Um, she's already so critical of Cyril anyway. I feel I like that whenever... just be one other thing to be whatever he does, she's gonna be <laughs> exactly. she's gonna have something to say. She the only thing she did she's just like the first time we see her actually like Not have anything like snarky to say back to him was when he's like, "Oh, I've been promoted." That and she's like,
1: "That one eighty gave me whiplash." The way she was like, "The I knew that or some shit like that," and I was like, "What a manipulative, terrible woman!" I no wonder her son grew up the way that he did, and she was like, Uncle Harlow would be so brave. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was perfect.
1: And, and <laughs> I was like, man, what a, what a, sorry. I hate calling people this. but What a bitch. I was like, well, I don't like your son at all, but I, uh, I like the way Kyle portrays Cyril, but I don't like Cyril as a person.
0: Well, yeah. And also Cyril, like, I know that it's probably also stinging Cyril to see her be proud of him because he didn't tell her why he was promoted. He knows why he was promoted. He knows it was because of the information he gave to the ISB. That is why. Mm-hmm. And so he knows that it's not even really his, I don't know if he wants to fully own that achievement because when we see him moving on a little, when we see him go and speak with, stop Dedra, he like stalked her basically and stop Dedra. He basically is like telling her, like, I know that it was you that got me the promotion. Like, I kn- like I'm thankful to you. basically he's like thankful to her, um,
1: in like a and... really creepy way. Yeah, <laughs> and
0: I I it's so hard to tell. Oh, I don't want to say it's hard to tell because obviously it comes off as like a like he's a creeper. He's creeping on her. It almost seems like he's I don't want to say he has a romantic attachment to her at all, but I think that he fixated on her and um everything that she does because it aligns perfectly with or he thinks it aligns perfectly with his version of how the galaxy should be and so like she represents order the order that he thinks needs to be in the galaxy and so um obviously i know the last our last episode i said that i wasn't sure if cyril would ever get to the level that dedra is like dedra is evil and and i was i was saying that i was unsure if we're gonna see cyril get to her level like her depravement level of depravement her level of insidiousness because yes we can see that cyril could be that way we see that he's like telling dedra like oh we want the same thing and everything but you can see Dedra's also like who the heck is it like yeah i don't care about you i you're nothing like you can tell that she doesn't she isn't like oh yeah you know he's right or like i i can use this person we see her be flustered after in her office but who knows exactly what kind of level of flustered she is like if she's actually thinking about anything that cyril said or taking him seriously i think Um, that
1: sorry No, go ahead. I I think that she's flustered in the way where she's surprised that he has the audacity (laughs) to do this. She's like, "Men have one thing that they shouldn't have, and it's the audacity." (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's
0: probably like that. And so, I think that Cyril is just—I don't want to say—is just because he's obviously more than just. But he's—he is very a very lost and um like just totally. Misguided person, and to the point of like it's super dangerous. Um, I i forget what I was going to originally say about this, but he, he, um, I just don't, I just don't know. So, oh yeah, so we know that. So he went to Ferrix. He, um, was the one that brought the men who at killed Tim. Um, we didn't see Cyril kill anybody. Yeah. Um. Uh, he wasn't as malicious as de- he was there to serve justice. Justice in his mind to get casting who had murdered some of his coworkers. But in the aftermath of that, he's realizing oh his his boss was like so corrupt, more corrupt than he even imagined. Um, and that uh, I think his his vision of of his worldview has shifted, and mm-hmm. he's trying to find it again. And yeah. he thinks he's found it in Dedra, um, but I think I mentioned this in the last. And I don't want to. I don't want to say I'm a serial apologist. The only reason why I speak about Cyril this way is because of the different uh, things that have been alluded to in several interviews, not just with um, Kyle, which is his the a- the actor, and Denise Dedra's actress, but also Tony Gilroy. Um, they've made it very clear in every single interview that Dedra is not somebody to be sympathetic to. She's mm-hmm. evil. There's no chance for her. There was even an interview where they basically talked about this. Kyle was basically saying that Cyril's one of those people where you don't know where he could end up, yeah. basically. And then Denise was like, I'm, my character's not like that. She's yeah. evil to the end. And that she had at, because uh, Kyle said that he asked Tony, like, how...
1: Which way well, how he should go. play
0: yeah and Tony said it's up to you how basically how you want to do this but then with uh Denise he's he's like no you're back like you know she basically asked him the same thing he's like no you can go balls to wall you're evil <laughs> you know and so um so that later on it, somebody couldn't be like oh like she couldn't turn and then people be like oh but she did all these bad things like I'm not sympathetic towards her but with Cyril it's It could be different and also the way that tony spoke about cyril in a different interview saying that he was sympathetic towards cyril in his writing and then he said with other characters he couldn't be that way at all Mm. so like with dedra probably Mm -hmm. so that's the only reason why i'm (laughs) i'm holding out the idea that perhaps this is cyril's going to realize that what he's after is not right and is actually not the kind of justice that he is looking for and that the empire is actually the antithesis of justice is that the right word basically the opposite I'm hoping that we see that character come to that point the other reason why and I was telling Savi about this last night is I feel like uh, Cyril and Cassian are uh, foils sort of Mm. opposite narratively and that it would be interesting because Cassian hasn't fully accepted his role as a rebel yet. We don't see him in the rebellion yet. And Cyril also hasn't fully gone. Like he's not in the empire. He's not an ISB agent. He's not, he's not fully in that world yet. He, he says he, he seems like he wants to be, but he's not yet. And so um, they're holding him outside of it. So it would be interesting if Cassian and Cyril ended up in the same place or, It could go the other way. Cassian ends up in the rebellion. He's like forced, you know, like not forced, but we see him moved into the rebellion. And then perhaps we see Cyril moved into the empire. It could go that way either. Mm -hmm. But I just think that, (sighs) I'm sorry, I'm going so like long. No, it's okay. I feel like I'm trying to like, I feel like I'm trying to like make excuses for Cyril. I'm not. I just think that there's a a definite difference at this point Mm -hmm. between him and Dedra. Like, he obviously wants, he says he wants to be like her, basically. And he was really creepy about it. Um, But but I, I, I'm holding out some skepticism as to where
1: he's going to end up. That's basically where I'm at with that. I, I have two theories. And they're, they also have, like, from what you just discussed with, like, Denise and Kyle and Tony talking about it, they are also kind of inspired, for lack of a better word from those but i think that the scene with Dedra where he's being creepy with her is could go either way. So either he is scheming something um and this was not him being weird as fuck. It was just him doing like a because i i said this earlier, not in the episode but of i think to you, but I, and to like Deb and Emily, but um i don't think that he's dumb i think that they want us in a way to underestimate him but he wouldn't have gotten deputy inspector he wouldn't have gotten where he was if he were dumb yeah and is he pathetic yes is he ridiculous yes but i don't think that he's dumb and what he did with dedra was stupid and i think that either it was stupid and he had a moment of stupidity like most humans sometimes do Um, or he's got a trick up his sleeve and the reason why I think he could have a trick up his sleeve is because of the small very short clip we get of him in Phyrexian clothes on Phyrex in the explosion and I have a photo of that on my Twitter if anyone is interested but so that's why I think it could go either way which yeah that's what they want us to think that's Cyril could go either way yeah. so- and
0: that's that's why i'm intrigued by that character like yeah. because of that i like seeing characters who have the potential to improve be improved mm-hmm. um obviously if he turns out to be a complete like goes all the way towards edra's side you know like yeah kills people tortures people does some horrific things then obviously i'm not i'm going to be like yeah i don't think i can i can I don't know how he can. <laughs> I really don't. I'm not going to be behind it, and I really don't know if he'll be able to come back from that. But I feel like they purposely did that with Dedra so that we'd have that contrast with Cyril because they've been careful not to have Cyril do anything to the level of Dedra yet. Yes, he yeah. talks. He talks. He has a like this mindset, and he kind of talks a big game a little bit about it. But we he, haven't all... actually seen him do anything. Yeah, like we haven't seen him kill anyone or hurt hurt anyone like purposely he's so de-
1: he's definitely all bark and no bite yes and i don't think we're gonna see a bite um
0: i i, I just i don't know that yeah i don't know that we will either i think that he's gonna because yes we saw him we we're probably seeing him on Ferrex. he could be following dedra there because he's that like obsessed with finding cassian and if he's in this explosion and everything like it could be that we see him realize just the level of depravity of the empire, because I think I made this point in the last pod, but he, and and you've, you've like, he's a spoiled brat. He grew up under the empire. He doesn't know suffering like true suffering and Mm -hmm. who knows if he's actually really seen it, Mm -hmm. that the empire doling it out. And so, um, he's been sheltered and everything. And so, (sighs) I think that he might see that, you know, the Empire's cruelty on Ferex and the chaos that they bring. Yeah. And the injustice of them. Because at Cyril's core, it really feels like he's somebody who cares about, like, people being taken to justice. And and he already knows that the corpos were um, corrupt. So I almost feel like, in a way he could even maybe understand Cassian in the end. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the reason why I'm interested in him as a character. I don't talk about him very often, like on Twitter. I don't really speak of him as often, but I've held the thought that from the beginning um, that he could potentially be like part of the rebellion, which would be cool to see because we've seen people who are oppressed become part of the rebellion, but it would be cool to see an Imperial sympathizer um, convinced to that side as well. I feel like that's, that would be a really cool thing to see. So
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I've
0: been long-winded about that.
1: No, it's okay. And to like finalize this thought kind of, um, cause we are running out of time. Um, Calus. and I know people don't like it when people compare Callus to Cyril and that's okay because their stories are different. Like, but you know, Zeb essentially like kind of convinced Callus in a way with like, I don't want to say tenderness but yeah tenderness like Zeb showed him kindness by like fixing his leg and like talking to him and they shared their stories and I don't think we're gonna get the same instance with Cyril and Cassian and I think that Cyril should learn the hard way yeah but yeah I yeah I think that it it would it would be super interesting to see somebody so far gone as Cyril and I do think that he's Far gone. I think he's so far up the Empire's ass. Yeah. <laughs> so it would be so interesting to see somebody like that to transition over to, like, a bigger cause. Yeah. That's not the Empire. So... And then and that also reminds me of that scene because we're talking about Deadjar too, where it's the unnamed rebel pilot and how... Oh, God. Okay, I have so many thoughts about this, but how they had to have a meeting to discuss how to um, first off we got a kafreen mention which was yes. cool um, but how they so quickly like swept it under the rug to like cover it up they're like well we could make it seem like an accident and that's exactly what they're going to do but what are you going to say you look so excited
0: <laughs> because it has to do with uh, is it Krieg? Krieger yeah, um, the too. other the other Rebel that uh, uh, Lutheran was talking about. to saw so there's going to be a rebellion uh, mission, basically, or a sect of the rebellion with this Krieger guy running it. And they know the ISB know that the pilot was connected to that person, that rebel, and that there something's going to be happening. But they didn't want Krieger to not do the attack that he's planning because they want to be able to catch him. Mm-hmm. So they. They want the vessel, the ship to reach where it was going, but they also don't want the pilot alive because then if he's alive, he could say that the Empire captured him. But yeah. they don't want Krieger to know that he disappeared because that would scare him. That's why they, like you were saying, they're discussing how to get rid of him, but also not scare Krieger off from the attack because they want to capture him. Because yeah. I think the pilot, I don't I need to rewatch that scene, but I think the pilot told them what they basically needed to know about the attack. Now, which is Interesting. Another point of this. So basically, they were going to kill him and say it was like a, a ship malfunction, and that the ship is going to just drift into kafreen and that that it would just be like oh a, a tragic accident. Now, there's a man. I forget his name or if he's named yet. But there's. I think he is named. There is another ISB agent in the room with them for this conversation, and he's been in every single. I think he's been in every single meeting. Oh yes. he's no. a blonde, blonde haired. I think with the mustache. And- Yes, and we know that he's going to be appearing in like plain clothes in an elevator like door opening scene. Uh like as if he's going somewhere. There's a theory that he is a contact with Luthen, so he could go to Luthen and say, "Hey, something's going to be wrong with this attack that Krieger's doing." But yeah, so we'll we'll see how it goes with this this poor potential ISB spy and see if he gets caught eventually. But um Talking about Coruscant still, there was one other part of this episode um that we haven't covered yet, which was uh Vel Sartha oh. is Mon Mothma's cousin. And uh I don't know that we'll spend too much time talking about this, but it's just yeah. interesting to note that that that's a thing. Like she is Chanjolan and it connects to the last episode with um Sinta's comment that she is a rich girl running away from home um who and it's interesting that Luthan is like got his fingers like on several members of this family like he's <laughs> he's working with Mon Mothma
1: and with Vel yeah maybe that's why and, he was so uh I guess like not protective but like protective over Vel when he was like look at me when I'm talking to you or something yeah, like that but I don't yeah, know he's my dad in that
0: he was um <laughs> father I, And the fact that, like, yeah, I guess Vel, Luthen, Clea, and Mon, they seem like, I don't want to say they're close, but they definitely all, like, are, they know each other pretty well, uh, it feels like. And I wonder if they knew each other before, at least with Luthen, knew each other before this whole rebellion kind of got off the ground. Yeah. Luthen started seriously. I feel like he probably knew Mon before this. And by extension, I guess, Vel in a way. Because Vel seems a lot more in this. She's, like, really a part of the network more so than Mon even,
1: it feels like.
0: Like, she knows more. So
1: that scene with um, Mon and Vel, when they're, like, saying goodbye to each other, when she's, like, what did we get ourselves into? And then Vel says what Cinta said. I thought that that was so good. Uh, Like, that writing is so excellent. I got such chills. Yeah, speaking of Clea, the reason why I, like, personally want Clea to be Cassian's sister is because Clea is kind of like, well, you know, you lose people, and that's fine. You Sometimes you have to do that, and, like, cutting people off, and I feel like adding, like, that emotional aspect where, like, she's like, I have somebody to lose. Now I have a brother. I I, I don't know. Like, I... I, her detachment
0: may have started with losing Cassian.
1: Exactly. See, you get it. This is my get you. I get, you. <laughs> I get <laughs> um, you. But yeah, but Vel and Mon, I I was kind of convinced Vel was either Mont's sister or Luthen's daughter. But I, I mean, sometimes cousins are like sisters. But yeah. Um, I thought it was hilarious that. Also, first off, I'm so glad that Vel saw. Lita being a little shit to Mon and I'm a, oh, Lita, yeah. I'm a Lita defender but I was glad that somebody else saw it and that she finally had like an outsider's perspective of her daughter's relationship and that like broken smile that Genevieve gave us oh, I was like <laughs> that was so sad I could just personally give you the Emmy but then we get Perrin who's <laughs> like have you found a husband yet and Val is like that's not exactly on my list of things to do, and I was like, "This is why this show is so realistic." <laughs> and then um, Val Mon was looking at Val. Also, does Val Sartha also sound like Mon Mothma to you? Or
0: and isn't the other thing? Uh, isn't it like a Pertha and a Take-Holma?
1: Yeah, what the ba- heck? They all have Ur-tha- like
0: <laughs> at the end. They
1: all have pretty similar names.
0: Yeah, I guess it's a Changeling thing.
1: There, <laughs> it's a which is thing.
0: <laughs> okay. Which I, the more we hear about Changilla, the more I'm like, this place doesn't sound very great. I know. I thought it was like this chill
1: space. Italy. It's
0: definitely like a uh Well, I guess a Italy's what do you call
1: right
0: it? Well, what, what would you call it? It's like a. I don't want to say high class because that's not exactly what I'm going for, but definitely. I mean, you could be, a, um, right? They're they seem like a very traditional, yeah. stuck up kind of like they they remind me of I don't want to say Naboo but like in we oh, was just sort thinking of-
1: the same thing I'm I was literally thing? just about to say it's Naboo's evil cousin <laughs> yes yes okay oh.
0: okay we're right there you're we're right on there the along same page me. yes exactly so, I feel like Naboo even though Naboo is like isn't it in the outer rim I feel like it's pretty far out there yeah. Um, when i looked at a map i was like whoa they're pretty far away but naboo chandrilla and uh alderaan all have the same kind of like nobility high
1: class like it's, um it's cinderella and the two evil sisters
0: yes exactly um definitely and so so yeah i get kind of weird vibes about chandrilla i'm sure it's beautiful from what i've heard <laughs> from what i've read it's is beautiful but um yeah, it makes sense that that's where Leia would end up, like, on Chandrilla. Like, it kind of, I mean, obviously because Alderaan's gone, rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she didn't go back to Naboo, like, she didn't go where her mother was from. And so, I guess, I guess yeah. Chandrilla was like a clean slate in a way, but also <laughs> sort of familiar to her. Um, but yeah, Perrin was definitely giving a classic man homophobe vibes. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know. Either he's homophobic or he doesn't that and he has no idea. Like he's just clueless. Yeah, he's just that
1: dumb and I think stupid. he just has no
0: idea. And Mon Mothma <laughs> clearly does. <laughs> I
1: know. Her little like big tea mug and her like smile like the, I know what you are. Uh I love smile.
0: her. She is a queen and it's just cool to see how like it's cool to see the side of Mon Mothma. She was very she was really she was relaxed with vel she could be herself with vel she could smile genuinely with her and then you could see how upset you didn't even have to see her face just the final shot of her standing there what like vel had left and she's just standing looking after where she went and see her back and she's like alone again
1: naturally But no, I'm so sad. I know I, it is sad. I'm not. I'm not laughing at Maude being alone. No, I'm I'm no, at my no. Stupidity. But the,
0: <laughs> I think I, I, uh, just this whole episode was heavy in so many different ways. Um, and I, I'm really concerned for Bix. I hope that she's gonna be okay because they definitely were like. They're wearing yeah. me. Yeah, They're scaring it, me. And poor, I mean, Marva's under watch too. She is gonna be used.
1: Yeah, it's but Cyn Cynthia's cold hearted and steely and oh and, she's gonna beat the Empire's ass. She is. I wanna <laughs> see her have her
0: moment with, with right. the Empire there. I hope that
1: Bix and her team up team up and Yeah. Okay. So to wrap this up, I have a game. Oh a game? It's really small. But, okay, um let's play. Okay. It's called the Star Wars birthday game. Okay. Um Yours is April 14th? Yes, I got it. Okay. So essentially that was a real test. <laughs> I got it right. Um, yes, okay. Star Wars birthday game. It's essentially like those silly little games where you like find on Instagram where it's like January through December and then each month has like a different plot and then the number is like a different character. Uh-huh. So this one is filled with Rogue One and andor characters. And January through December has, um, like, different plots or, like, storylines. Okay. So, April is getting into a bar fight against Clem. <laughs> oh. don't <laughs> oh, no. know. I think you might lose this one, best. I think I might. I think I
0: might. I'd probably just, like, I'd probably, <laughs> like, end up in a bar fight on accident. Like, like someone would snacked me, and I threw my cup, and it hit Clem on accident, yeah. which is, Oh no, that's very that's very yeah. Um <laughs> let's just yeah. It hits him and then he comes up to me and then I would just like sit on the floor and be like, "Please, I'm so
1: sorry." <laughs> <laughs> um Do you want to hear mine? Yes, I do. I'm in my nemic era for this one.
0: Oh, uh, is it December 24th, right?
1: Yeah, Christmas Eve. Yes. Capricorn. Yeah. What's your what's your sign? Aries. Okay. That's probably why we're so compatible. I know yeah. nothing about star signs, but we'll just say we're compatible. Yeah. Um, which we are. <laughs> <laughs> December is completing the Aldani heist with Skeen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah.
1: I could convince go- him not to turn. You go, bestie. I, I don't I don't know if I could, but I, I could convince him. I could tell I'd him th- that he he shouldn't do it but it's not don't worth go this way yeah don't go this way. <laughs> don't go this way ben or don't do this to me or what did what does ray say uh don't do this to me ben don't go this no, way i think she says don't go this way but then yeah.
0: padme says that to anakin though doesn't she say yeah. something similar
1: i think so i can't tell you the last time i watched the prequels
0: you'll you'll have that moment with skiing. <laughs>
1: don't do this you don't me have to do Skeen. this <laughs>
0: yeah
1: um, I still want a Diego Luna, and I'm forgetting Skeen's actor's name. Let me look it up. Skeen andor, uh, Who is he portrayed? And I'm so sorry, I haven't seen the bear. Oh, Yvonne Moss Bachrock? Or Bachrock? I don't know how to pronounce the name. I'm so sorry if I butchered that. Please don't come for me. But I need to cook off between them. It needs to happen. I need a Diego <sighs> Luna invites Yvonne on to... Uh, Penny Circle and I need them to cook together
0: <laughs> I would love to see it too I re- just realized today that that actor, Skeen's actor is I'm in there. The Punisher <gasps> That's right, he has a is- beard Yeah, I was like I saw the picture side by side and I was like oh my gosh, I loved this dude he was like a tech dude mm-hmm. uh, he was a- such a good character but like that character versus Skeen, like is so different i was like whoa it messes with my yeah. brain Acting. but he was good in both of them he's yeah. so good in like uh but or yeah, i Di- was like wait why is the Pun- punisher in this screenshot
1: <laughs> oh my gosh it's him or diego could go on the bear yeah or it could just be both who knows crossover yeah oh my god is this a crossover episode
0: <laughs> i um, love that <laughs>